Hello everyone, welcome to A Millennial Learns. Thank you all so much for joining me today. I have been so excited about this series. I came up with it with the idea like last year, maybe October or something. And ever since the idea popped into my mind, I have been just so, so excited about this. I love US history, I love state history, but I realize I really don't know much about each state. I've lived in Colorado pretty much my whole life. I've read some books like biographies about people, so maybe some state history has been kind of leaked into my brain that way, but I've never sat down and actually researched states, especially like some of the smaller ones. I really don't know anything about them. So we are doing basically a year-long series, so this will last from now until the end of December. Every week on Thursdays, we will now be going over a new state, and it's going to be in the order of like in which they entered the union. So instead of the Alabama, Alaska, Arizona song, where it's alphabetical order, we are going to go Delaware first, which is the first state that ratified the U.S. Constitution. So already a little piece of trivia for you. <laughs> if you get that at like a trivia night, it's Delaware. Um, so we are going to get started uh, right away. And this is the history of Delaware. Oh, and one quick note for my Bible Thursday listeners. We're not quite done with the entire Bible, so the usual Thursday episode is going to be moved to Saturday until we're done. It should be only three more weeks from what I've calculated, but some of these episodes have gone so long, I've had to split them up. So I don't want to rush too much through that, so we'll just see how many more weeks it goes, probably three or four. Um... So that will still be happening. It's just going to be on Saturdays. Okay, let's get into the episode. Okay, so first we're going to get into some of the symbols and just fun facts about Delaware before we get into the straight history. But the first thing I looked up naturally was why is Delaware named Delaware? It's a pretty roundabout answer that does get into the history a little bit, but I'll try to keep it brief here. Basically, there was this man, Thomas West. He was the governor of the colony of Virginia. He was known as the third Baron de Loire, okay? So in that same area is this river and they named that the Delaware River because he, that man, Thomas West, the governor of Virginia, was called the third Baron de Loire. So they named the river the Delaware River. Then the colony came up, they started establishing this new colony and they named it after the Delaware River which was indirectly named after Thomas West, the third Baron de la War. Okay, so Thomas West never even, I don't think, set foot in Delaware. It was just an indirect name. Um, so that's why it's called Delaware, after the river and Thomas West. <laughs> um, okay, so the state motto is liberty and independence. My first thought was, I don't know, it doesn't really seem like a great motto. It's just a little tagline 
I mean, I like liberty and independence, but then a lot of these are named after very small kids. I realized later, like, um, their nickname is the first state. And that actually only became the official state nickname on May 23rd, 2002, following a request by Mrs. Annabelle O'Malley's first grade class at Mount Pleasant Elementary School. So they became the first state to ratify the U.S. Constitution, which is why their nickname is the first state. But again, a lot of these are very like simple taglines and a lot of them were chosen by like elementary school kids, which is pretty cute. But um, I was reading this and thinking the state motto would be something in like Latin, uh, but no, just liberty and independence, short and sweet. Um, okay, the other nicknames for this is uh, one of them is the Diamond State, which Thomas Jefferson gave the state its nickname and said it was among. It said it was a jewel among states. He loved Delaware, and their other nickname is the Blue Hen State. <clears throat> We're going to talk a lot about blue hens later because it's very important to the history of Delaware. Is the Blue Hen, <clears throat> and then the last nickname that I found was it's called Small Wonder. There was no historical backing there. Um, but it is small and apparently very beautiful. So some people do call it the small wonder, but the official nickname is the first state. Okay, the state song is called Our Delaware. Now there's three verses in honor of each county and then a fourth verse just praising the whole state as a whole. So through that we learn there are only three counties in the state of Delaware, again, it is very, very small, and we're gonna go over the geography here in just a, a minute, but it's a tiny state and there's only three counties. So the population is just under a million as of 2019. It was 273,564 people. So I'm assuming they've hit a million since then. Um, and it has the one of the highest population densities in the entire country because, you know, a million square, I mean, a million people in this amount of space, very, very high population density. The whole thing is basically like cities from what I understand, or at least the city, the capital takes up a good part of the state. So here's the geography. If you're not familiar with the geography of Delaware, let's just go over it a little bit. I can post a map but it's in the northwest, I'm oh, sorry, it's in the northeast, I misread that. It's in the northeast um, and it borders New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and Maryland. So it's very, it's a very central location, which is why a lot of people like it. DC, Philadelphia, and Baltimore are all within a two hour drive and it is the second to smallest state. So Rhode Island beats it out as the smallest state but other than that it's the second smallest it has only 1982 square miles it's 96 miles long and between 9 and 35 miles in width so it's not obviously a perfect square um, so at one point it's only nine miles wide but then as you go down to the um, other end of the state it's 35 miles wide so um, that is very small, nine miles. It could take you like 
nine minutes to get across the entire state if you're going a reasonable speed. So that is tiny. Um, okay, the highest elevation is 447 feet. Now, from a girl who is from Colorado, it took me a while as a kid to realize that other states were like, the population was actually zero. Like if you're at sea level, it's actually zero. It took me a long time to somehow realize that as a kid, but Delaware gets a little height at 447 feet at the highest point, which is actually, I guess that's not that much elevation. I was gonna say that's kind of impressive for such a tiny state right by you know the ocean. It must have quite, quite the big hill, but um, I don't know if I can really picture in my mind how much elevation gain 447 feet is. But I don't know, it just feels more impressive since they're right next to the ocean and I know the lowest is probably zero. So I don't know, maybe it's kind of hilly <laughs> in comparison um, to other states. Okay, climate. It actually seems like it's pretty great. Uh, okay, so it's moderate year round, it says. The temperature in the summer months always averages like 74.3 degrees which feels like the perfect temperature. That's probably because the, the ocean is right there, given the good breezes and stuff. Ugh, that'd be so nice. But here's the little ding on it. 57% of the days are sunny, which I think means in the winter, it's very, very cloudy. I think that's how the Eastern United States is more. So 57% of the days are sunny, not terrible. There's an average of 45 inches of precipitation and the average growing season is between 170 and 200 days long. So pretty temperate climate, I would have to say, um, other than I would prefer just a bit more sun. <laughs> okay, but let's get into the actual history of the state because it's pretty, it's pretty solid. Okay, so before the state of Delaware was even a thought or a territory or a colony or anything before there was European influence in the Americas uh, the what we now know as the state of Delaware had was home to a few different American Indian tribes so there was the Unami Lenape Indians who were there way back like they were there for a very long time um, up until the 1670s they were living there but then in the 1670s the Iroquois tribe uh, who was like a neighboring rival tribe invaded and kind of took over the area and those who remained moved to the Allegheny Mountains. I did not know how to pronounce Allegheny, but um, I actually did some YouTube video pronunciation research. I kept calling them Allegheny Mountains, but it's Allegheny Mountains. So the Lenape who remained after all the fighting and uh, takeover of the Iroquois moved to the Allegheny Mountains. They both farmed and hunted, so they didn't just settle in one or the other. Um, they were kind of the master of all trades. Okay, so very, very explorations, uh, very, very early explorations of the coastline were made by Spaniards and the Portuguese in 1609 by Henry Hudson and 1610 by Samuel Argall. In 1613 by Cornelius May, and in 1614 by Cornelius Hendrickson. So these were not ones where 
they were stepping on the shoreline at all. They were just exploring the the coast. Well, maybe they stepped on the coast, but they weren't like traveling inwards. So they sent a decent amount of these uh, convoys for of the very early ones and they would just scout out the the edge see if anything was kind of habitable and what was going on um okay so okay so this is where in these early explanation or explorations that delaware was actually named because during the 1610 expedition by samuel argall Argall was blown off course and sailed into a bay, which he named in honor of his governor, which is that Thomas, um, let me scroll back up in my notes, Thomas West, who was the third Baron de la War. So that's where the bay was uh, named, and then the river was going to be named, and then eventually the actual state of Delaware is named. So the Dutch landed in 1631, and they developed a trading post called Zwan, Zwanendale. Um, so that's in 1631. Okay, so the Dutch were the first ones that really tried to settle there, tried to like make a colony and expand. Well, the Indian tribes killed them all off by the next year. The Dutch, like this whole Dutch group landed set it up and the next year when um when everyone came back to check on them they were nowhere to be found they found their bones i think and the tribes had killed them off so everyone took a little break from trying to settle there because of the dutch incident but seven years later swedish settlers showed up and established what they called fort christina the Dutch returned again 13 years later and established a fort in modern-day Newcastle, Delaware. So the main players here are the Dutch and the Swedish settlers. So the Dutch had control over the Swedes um, by 1655. So from the time that they settled, um, so 1631 was the Dutch, 1638 was the Swedish, and then the Dutch ended up joining the Swedish. But by that time, they had, you know, the Swedish have, had been established. So they really had control over the Dutch. But as of 1655, the Dutch actually then had control over the Swedes and included the territory in their New Netherland settlement. The British then came. They were led by James, the Duke of York, and they ended up taking over the Dutch. So now the British are players in this whole thing, and they're actually now in charge. They are the ones that granted William Penn ownership of the Delaware region in 1682. Okay, so now we're at the entire Delaware region, and it's owned by William Penn. So I read this article on the website destination360.com about the history of Delaware and all of this. And they were talking about how the British colony that was in present day Delaware turned into what they described as a slave society, which they didn't get super specific on. But they described that because slaves were imported a lot earlier um, and then the English settlers came over from England because they thought their situation wasn't very good in England, so they kind of came over here as um, a refuge-seeking 
thing. Um, but when England, when conditions or situations in England improved, some of the settlers returned to England. So that, from what I am gathering from the fact that this didn't go into a ton of detail, I'm assuming there was like an excess of slaves. And so there was kind of a whole slave society in the region. Now, later, we will talk about this, but um, Delaware stayed with the Union in the Civil War. And at the time, slavery was was legal still in the state of Delaware. But there were about 20 thousand i believe african americans in the state at the time of the civil war about 1800 of them were enslaved which is like so few compared to all the southern states but they're right on the border between they could go north they could go south so you know there were there definitely was slavery in delaware but they stayed with the union during the time of the civil war Okay, so at this point, the British still maintained control of Pennsylvania and Delaware, and then Newcastle was the capital of that full region at the time. Um, Okay, in 1776, this is our big year as America, Thomas McKean and Caesar Rodney swayed the Colonial Assembly to declare independence in 1776. So statesmen met at the Newcastle Courthouse, which is still standing today, and they not only declared independence from England, but also established a state government that was separate from Pennsylvania. So not only did they just want independence from England, they wanted their own state. They thought that their culture and their, you know, their borders should be separate from Pennsylvania. Now, the boundaries were surveyed in 1763 through 1768 by Charles Mason and Jeremiah Dixon. So this is known as the Mason-Dixon line. I knew nothing about the Mason-Dixon line or the importance of it. I had heard of it, Um, but let's talk about the Mason-Dixon line because it's, it's pretty interesting. Okay, so in my section called bonus info about the Mason-Dixon line, this line is widely seen as the divide between the North and the South in the Civil War. It makes up the border between Pennsylvania, Delaware, and Maryland. So when they surveyed this, they used something called the Stargazer Stone as a base point while they plotted the Mason-Dixon line. The name came from some astronomical observations they made while they were at this landmark. So basically they they marked this landmark and off of that they were able to make the the very straight lines um, that they surveyed. So a lot of the states borders follow rivers or certain geographical landmarks so they're not perfectly straight lines in this case the mason dixon line if you look at the the map it is a straight line that they surveyed so again it was drawn between 1763 and 1768 but it didn't actually get named the um it didn't actually get named the mason dixon line until the missouri compromise in 1820 that's when they were negotiating for the land and and they had to give it a name. Um, They had to like border the land and give it a name. So they gave it the name Mason-Dixon line. 
So it says, during the colonialism period, land was granted to individuals or corporations via charters by the king. Now, the king had granted William Penn a charter for the land in America, but part of that territory he had already granted to both Maryland and Delaware. So, he was just not caring about the borders that much. I think there was like a confusion on where the charter's land ended for both Maryland and Delaware, but he ended up giving that land to William Penn, even though it was already accounted for. So William Penn was the founder of Pennsylvania, as we had gone over, and he planned out the streets in a grid-like pattern that would be very easy to navigate. Now, the map it was based on was very inaccurate, which didn't matter at first because the, there was no population, so it was all fine. But as it grew, there was a problem because there was an unresolved border between Pennsylvania and Delaware. So the inaccurate map problem was discovered in 1681. And there was a very small but violent conflict, which they called the Cressup's War. But I think it was only like one battle. Um, that broke out in the mid-1730s over the land claimed by people from Pennsylvania and Maryland both. So that is when the Pens hired Mason Dixon, uh, Mason and Dixon to survey the territory and draw a boundary line that everyone could agree on. It's marked with limestone markers five feet high and they're put at every mile and marked with a P for Pennsylvania on one side and Maryland on the other side. Or in the case that the line was on the Delaware side, the Delaware side would have D's marking those pillars because the Mason-Dixon line is horizontal for a lot of the section along the bottom of Pennsylvania, but then at the edge of Pennsylvania, it goes straight down into the divide between Delaware and Maryland. So, um, okay, then, uh, okay, so that's the Mason-Dixon line. We have that border dispute finally solved. Now, the capital of Delaware was moved to Dover in 1777, right after the start of the revolution. It was much more central from what I understand and um, just easier to be there during this war. But that stuck and the capital of Delaware is still Dover. So let's talk about the history as a state. So Delaware, this is why this is the first podcast episode. It was the first state to ratify the US Constitution on December 7th, 1878. The economies that were involved in Delaware was uh, the creation or the manufacturing, I guess, of gunpowder and leather goods. And so subsequent wars really helped to boost the economy of Delaware. Anytime there was a war, they made the gunpowder and so they made the money. <laughs> and then like I mentioned um, a little bit before, Delaware sided with the Union during the Civil War because while slavery was legal there it was really not accepted in the majority of the state other than a little bit in the southern uh the southernmost district um or county i should say and so there were some dissenters that wanted to side with the south but the overwhelming majority voted to 
side with the union and abolish slavery because it really wasn't a big contributor there and most of the black people that lived in the state of delaware were already free so it was a pretty easy decision for delaware to join the union okay so let's go over famous people from delaware i honestly did not recognize that many i'm not a huge like movie person so that could be why a lot of them were uh, actors and actresses from a little while ago. But I pulled some names that I think I recognize. So one of them is actually Stephen Marley, who's Bob Marley's son. Stephen Marley won six Grammys and is very famous. So he is from Delaware. Aubrey Plaza, who I know from Parks and Rec, and she's in a bunch of things, but that's where I know her from is born was born in delaware joe biden was born in pennsylvania but he was raised and represented the state of delaware all the way up you know in his time in office so a lot of you know he kind of uh claims almost to be a, a delawarean <laughs> um, but he was technically born in pennsylvania but spent most of his life in delaware vincent minnelli who is an actor uh, was born in Delaware, and so was Valerie Bertinelli, who I think is a reality star. It called her a like a TV personality, so I'm pretty sure she's on some reality shows. Okay, state symbols. This is my favorite part of any state history or state research. I love looking at the state symbols. So the state bird, I told you we were, would talk about blue hens. The state bird is a blue hen, and this is because um it had been used in a lot of political campaigns because during the revolutionary war there was a man named jonathan caldwell now jonathan caldwell was the captain of a company and they took the game chickens with them to fight because supposedly uh they were it says they were supposedly the brood of a famous blue hen and were said to have good fighting ability so sometimes like as entertainment i guess um they had the blue hens fight each other which is like pretty barbaric actually but they had them fight each other um and then when the delaware men fought and they fought very valiantly they were compared to these valiant fighting cocks and so that's why the blue hen became then the state symbol for Delaware because when the Delaware companies would come out in the Revolutionary War they would say like oh wow look at these you know these fighting men like they're like the those blue hens that they have so very interesting that was adopted uh April 14th 1939 the state dog is a rescue dog which I think is a bit of a cheap move in my opinion like it should be a breed but I get what they're trying to do it was signed on May 15th, 2019. Many welfare agencies in the state um, take care of homeless dogs. There's a bunch of shelters and things like that. And so that was the prominent dog, I guess. And they made it the rescue dog. Go look at my reel on Instagram because I made a reel about this where... <laughs> anyway, just go look at my reel. I hope you'll enjoy it. Um, the state fish is called the weak fish. It says that weak fish is both a game and a food fish, and they made it the state fish in honor of the recreational and economic contributions to the state in 1981. The state marine animal is a horseshoe crab. The state wildlife animal is a gray fox. The mineral is 
silamonite. Uh, and I guess this is just a very, very popular mineral that can be found all throughout Delaware. The state bug is a ladybug. Again, this was chosen in 1974 by a second grade class. They really listen to their elementary schoolers in Delaware. Um, the state macroinvertebrate is the stonefly. Now, stoneflies are found only in great, like, great quality water. So their presence signals uh, how good the water quality is in the state of Delaware. So by adopting this as the state macroinvertebrate, um, it was a signal to the public of the importance of keeping the water quality high. And they made it this big learning opportunity about how um, it could affect the ecosystems if the water isn't uh, kept at a high quality. The state flower is the peach blossom. It was chosen in 1895 and it had a bunch of peaches in orchards at that time. I'm pretty sure because of the population density and how much it's been developed, there's not very many peach orchards now, but in 1895 there were. The state tree is chosen, in, uh, is the American holly, and it was chosen in 1939. They said it's the most important of Delaware's forest trees. And then the last one is the state fruit, which is the strawberry. It was an important, or it is an important product of Delaware's agricultural industry, and that was adopted in 2010. Okay, there's a few very good um, attractions that Delaware has. One of them is the Old Swedes Church, and it was founded by the Swedes that stayed in Wilmington after the English settlers returned home. So in that period where, um, you know, the Swedish were kind of in control, they founded a Lutheran church in 1698. And that one um, really, I mean, it's still standing. It was a well-built, well-protected church, apparently, because it is still being used and it is still a very good attraction that you should go visit. The next attraction that I wanted to highlight is something called the Hagley Museum and Library. It says it is nestled on the shore of, Brand of the Brandywine Creek um, and it it has become one of the top Delaware attractions. The Hagley Museum and Library is a historical museum with numerous interactive and educational experiences. It is 235 acres of prime Delaware land that follows the trail of Brandywine Creek. Not only an interesting stop on any tour, but it's also incredibly beautiful. The architecture of the building is intricate and often lined with blooming flowers. The gardens originate from the first DuPont family that have been kept impeccably well-maintained since 1803. So that is a very good one to go to. Again, like it is really, really pretty looking. So I would definitely recommend going there. Um, there's also the, something called the Air Mobility Command Museum that I keep hearing about. It just, um, it has a whole collection of vintage aircrafts. And so if you're into planes, that is definitely a very, very good one to go to. The aircrafts are preserved and renovated from the 1950s to the 1970s. And so you can walk around the planes, take a guided tour and just learn a ton. And then there's a bunch of like good breweries that are really highly rated and beaches and different museums and stuff like that. But the last one I want to highlight is called the John Dickinson Plantation. Now, John Dickinson was known as the penman of the American Revolution. He was attributed with drafting the Articles of Confederation in 1778. 
and his brick house, his outbuildings, and his uh, slave or tenant houses in Dover are part of the whole farm that are still standing. It makes, they say uh, on this one, this is planetware.com tourist attractions. So it says the farm makes for an educational family outing with costumed interpreters roaming about the property, performing duties that would have been commonplace in the 16th century. One of the most interesting buildings to visit is the granary. Here, six intact historical machines, an inclined plane, a wedge, a screw, a pulley, a lever, and a wheel and axle are explained in great detail. In the Welcome Center, the life and times of five residents of the plantation are chronicled um, and provide excellent insight into what life would have been like back then. So very, very cool um, attraction. I really actually want to go. This whole thing has made me really want to go to Delaware. And I think this whole series is going to be good to see just like what states I have underestimated in America. So I hope you enjoyed that. That was the history and the facts trivia about De the state of Delaware. Um, if you liked it, make sure to go and like and review and rate um, the podcast. That would help a ton. And go follow me on Instagram at Abby Rancor. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Hope you enjoyed. And we'll be back with our Bible episode on Saturday. Bye, everyone.